This, this is the Impressions Exchange Podcast. Impressions Exchange Podcast. Where all topics impacting the graphic imaging and printing industry are addressed via in-depth news coverage, analysis, and timely interviews. Welcome to this episode of the Impressions Exchange Podcast. During this episode, we are going to hear from a few different voices on what diversity, equity, and inclusion means, specifically to them, but also what it can mean for our industry. My colleague and co-host on this episode is senior editor Dan Marks, who joins me as we speak with Beck Sadow, who is the founder of Humankind Business Leaders and formerly the CEO of Sticker Giant. They explain to us what DEI means to them, why it's crucially important to incorporate DEI into your business beyond just the buzzwords, how it's a personal journey, and what you need to consider. To set the stage for our conversation with Beck, we will also include some perspectives from your peers, print service providers, who have made diversity, equity, and inclusion an important part of their company missions. Thanks, Ashley. What does diversity look like in a company like yours? And what are the benefits a diverse, equitable, and inclusive culture can bring? Here are some voices from the printing industry. I'm Dean Baker, CEO of the Phoenix Group of Companies. And I'm here to talk to you this morning about uh, what diversity means in a company like uh, Phoenix. Well, I really look at uh, diversity in three categories. One, diversity of ownership. Two, uh, diversity of uh, management. And three, diversity within our team, okay? As far as diversity of ownership, the Phoenix Group of Companies consists of uh, several companies, um, and, uh, and which include um, uh, innovation marketing, uh, Phoenix Veterans, and previously uh, High Road Press. And our owner, Barry Green, began 19 years ago investing in smaller diverse companies, providing them capital, um, administrative support and mentoring. Uh, so this is not a new trend for, for Phoenix. And when you look at this, uh, this group we have uh, among our group of companies, uh, WBENC um, uh, certified uh, women group, a National Minority Supplier Development Council, a minority-owned business, innovation marketing, and a disabled combat veteran-owned uh, business, which is Phoenix Veterans. So that's kind of the diversity within the ownership group, okay? Then secondly, when you look across our, our management team, um, among our uh, managers, managers um, we have uh, a diverse a uh, mix of, of people playing uh, important roles within our management group, including uh, the CEO of Phoenix Vets, the president of the, our digital and direct mail division, our chief information officer, our chief legal counsel, president of innovation marketing, the director of quality control, uh, the vice president of estimating, five account managers, and our compliance officer are all women or are uh, diverse um, minority uh, members of our team. And then lastly, as you look at our workforce, if you were to walk through the plant today, you'd see a wide variety of ethnic, 
and cultural backgrounds represented in our plant from skilled press and bindery operators uh, to other team members and managers uh, throughout our plant. And I really think the benefit of, of that kind of diversity across our ownership, management, and team members is a diversity of ideas, okay? A blending of cultures, okay? I think we come up with better ideas by bringing together different life experiences. And then finally, externally, um, major corporations have really upped the ante on trying to increase their diversity spend. So when they come to a company like the Phoenix Group of Companies, they can choose from different uh, diversity offerings, whether it's a, a minority spend they're trying to meet a goal on or veteran spend or uh, a women organization spend. We can offer all of those uh, choices to our corporate clients uh, in good faith and uh, allow them to help meet their diversity spend goals. I'm Todd Boyd, president of Leap and Lizard Labels. At Leap and Lizard Labels, we're committed to hiring folks from across the diversity spectrum and creating a workplace culture where everyone feels like they're included and belong. It's been one of our strengths. We've seen the benefit in creativity, problem solving, and being able to hire and retain incredibly talented people. Our culture of respect and acceptance for who people are has also meant our culture is a lot of fun, where people genuinely like working together. I'm Daryl Johnson. I'm the president and owner of Diversity Press, and we're located in Indianapolis, Indiana. Diversity and inclusion, in my mind, means opportunity. Um, it means knowledge. Uh, it means information. Um, a lot of times, I think that uh, part of the problem is um, that people don't know that certain things exist, certain opportunities exist. So trying to find that bridge to bridge that gap uh, is what diversity and inclusion means to me. So my goals are community engagement, because I think that's the key to getting the information out, making sure people know about certain opportunities. Like I tell people all the time, like, and this sounds um, different to other people, but I don't work for money. Like I work for time. And I mean that because if I'm successful enough, I'm creating time so I can provide effort, economics and my individual personal time in the community so people can uh, find out about different opportunities and i like to do it to inspire inspire uh, the minority youth um, the black the brown uh, all of us together that you can have different opportunities you can be a business owner like you're just not limited to uh, sports or entertainment or in a lot of economic demographics, uh, crime is a choice for a lot of people. So I do what I do to inspire and to create the time to be effective in community engagement. The concepts behind diversity, equity, and inclusion in the workplace are relatively simple. Diversity. Hiring within a company is free from barriers that consciously or unconsciously exclude underrepresented communities. Equity. 
Is opportunity for advancement within a company truly open to all? And is the hiring process truly devoid of factors that would otherwise exclude some? Inclusion. Is the company organized such that all who are hired are also included in its culture? In his I Have a Dream speech, Martin Luther King famously said, I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their characters. While the focus of that speech was on race, the seed of the broader effort of DE&I is in there. Who, regardless of who they are, is right for the job. In numerous interviews I've done with printing business owners over the last couple of years, amid labor shortages and what has become known as the Great Resignation, those that retain staff and maintain cohesive teams said it was culture that made all the difference. While there is a big difference between working at a place and feeling as though you belong here, it is wholly possible for those two things to be the same thing. Within diverse workforces and in an exceptionally diverse country, strong attention to diversity, equity, and inclusion is an essential tool for achieving that goal. To expand the discussion, we're happy to welcome Beck Seidau, founder of Humankind Business Leaders, a business advisor and coach whose expertise includes DEI executive coaching. Prior to that, Beck served as CEO of Sticker Giant, a Colorado-based sticker and label manufacturer. Welcome, Beck. Thank you, Dan. Great to be with you. Great to have you. Um, let's start with the basics. So from your standpoint as a former printing business CEO, what does diversity look like and how should it be defined? And what do you think are the basic baseline commitments companies need to make to create a diverse, equitable and inclusive workplace? Yeah, I, you know, as a as a self-professed business geek, I'll say that in business, we're so attracted to how things look externally, right? We're so good at it. We we measure, we have KPIs, we have strategies, we make plans. Um, and where diversity comes into play in business is really, it's about defining it from us as leaders inside. How well do we know uh, how we relate to diversity? I think a really great activity for a leadership team uh, and a leader is actually to sit down and do that definition. Like just take some time to say, what do we think about diversity? How do we define it? Because it's too easy to hang out in this DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion um, nomenclature, the way we define it. Mm -hmm. But what we're not talking about is what it means underneath that. It's about uh, how we are in or not in relationship to racism, uh, homophobia, um, all the things that, that identify how people are different than what I refer to as dominant culture, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's the first thing to do is really define it yourself. Um, and for me, I define it really as a journey. Yeah. And that's, that's just, we can talk more about that. Um, and you ask a couple of other questions, like the baseline commitment really, I think is, is around that, how are you inside as a leader? Uh, what do you believe? What do you know about yourself? What is the work you need to do? Mm -hmm. And then making commitments to do your work first. And I think a lot of people get tripped up here uh, and they're like, oh my gosh, we got to have a program. We got to do the things. 
but then they're they're actually themselves as leaders not quite ready for mm -hmm. what that what that means yeah it almost like it becomes a mid-level mandate from the top but the top doesn't have its stuff in order yet correct that's right and then we have these words like authentic right and vulnerable and and they're all these buzzwords and we like know how to talk about them as leaders but the reality is we actually don't know how to live them uh, they're not coming from a place inside of us where we've done some really important personal work to understand where we are and then show up in our organizations and say here's where I'm at on my journey, understanding DEI. Yes. Uh, right. And I am on a journey and I would love our organization to embrace this journey. It's a beautiful thing when you can also say, I'm on this journey as, as the leadership team is. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and we're early, we're in the early days of understanding that. Yeah, and I, you know, I, you had mentioned it being a journey earlier and then you kind of doubled down on that. And I had actually written it and circled it because I wanted to come back to it because I love the idea of it, it it being a journey and kind of going on this, you know, doing some personal work and thinking about the work that you need to do. Um, and I think that's something sometimes, you know, my experience just talking to people, not even in a professional space, but just personally, that sometimes people think that it's this, you know, oh, I have to make all these changes in my life to be more um, you know, aware it, it doesn't have to be, you don't have to think of it in my view as this big overwhelming thing. It's a journey. Little steps make such a big difference. It really is this, I, this, this concept of you can know a lot of things, but unless those things are moving you to take action or to change behavior, then you know them, I say, from the head up, right? And that is not, um, talking about diversity, equity, inclusion is, it's emotional, right? I'll even say like, you know, I have an opportunity to be on um, podcasts and talk pretty often. And I was nervous today to meet with uh, you and Dan um, because this is personal, right? And it, it gets at something that I don't have to talk about, you know, business advising and leadership uh, concepts at a, at a different level. So um, I think of DEI as part of being human. And, you know, the name of my business is Humankind Business Leaders. And I say, uh, we're people hearted and business minded. And diversity is human. It is who we are as humans. And until we can start speaking clearly like that, like being able to be among people that are different than us and not other them, not, not uh, create environments where they feel a little nervous to talk about it, right? Mm -hmm. Which is a, just a reality, right? Um, th that's really the juice is, is seeing it as all of who we are as humans. And then picking the steps that we need to take from our own leadership work, right? So this is not, this is not easy work. It's, it's not, it's not simple, right? And it, it does, it takes that commitment first for leaders to say, I've got work to do here. And what I'd like to say to folks that are listening is, I've got work to do here. So I think mm -hmm. one of the things that people think is like, all oh, all the folks that aren't white and aren't straight and aren't cisgendered and aren't male, uh, they must not have any work to do. Uh, and then it other it gets us in these bifurcated groups. And right. the truth is, I have as much work to do as anybody else. Um, and I've engaged that work. So, um, and I'll never be done. Have you ever seen people get a little defensive about, you know, well, I don't need to 
think about DEI or I am thinking about DEI or I'm not, you know, homophobic or racist or whatever it is that comes up. You know, is there because it's so emotional, as you mentioned, sometimes a little bit of hesitance to grow or look inward? Absolutely, because culturally, what we do so well that is not helpful, and on this topic and many, is we learn how to hide it. We push it down, right? And so depending on your age, we've got a lifetime of pushing things down, like the discomfort of talking about race or anything that is different than you is something that we've all learned in varying degrees that we just don't talk about that or we we categorize it as one of those topics, right? That mm-hmm. um, really is uncomfortable. And the truth is when you, devi- when you define diversity, you're defining things that will make you uncomfortable. And knowing that on the front end and accepting the fact that it's gonna be uncomfortable is when you know you're, you're on the right spot. Now, we don't want it to be so uncomfortable that people can't tolerate it. So that's why having a, a really good plan for yourself as a leader, and then when you go to the organization, have a plan in place that says, this is what we're thinking, and it's probably, we'll probably change it as we go along, is really important. And naming that for your organization too. Look, we're going to step into some areas that are uncomfortable mm-hmm. and we have an obligation to do it. Dan mentioned Sticker Giant. Um, so can you can you provide a couple of examples um, of how paying strong attention to diversity was beneficial during your time at Sticker Giant? And um, can you talk through, you know, did you establish a formal program or was it just part of the culture? And then what was the biggest challenge there? Um, we did establish a program. We can come back to that if you'd like. It was part of the culture. Um, so Sticker Giant, one of the things that we would say all the time is this is a place where you can be all of who you are. And that connected with our purpose to tell our customers stories um, and also do that with with a lot of integrity, right? Mm -hmm. So it was a very creative environment. So it all sort of aligned around you can be all of who you are here. That's a big statement to make, right, as the company grew. So you know, COVID came along uh, early in 2020, and then George Floyd was murdered May 25th of 2020. Here we are, a e-commerce custom manufacturing company, and this next big thing happened in 2020. We're in a pandemic, and this um, resurgence of social justice has spawned, right? We knew we needed to say something. So we were watching what was happening, I was watching what other CEOs were saying, and I got really clear that I cannot be the spokesperson for a company of over 100 people. Mm -hmm. That doesn't feel right to me. So with the marketing team, we shared with the company that we wanted to make a statement that was from the company. Now, Sticker Giant, we referred to each other as giants, so we wanted to sign it. Um, The giants, right? Yeah. Not me, the CEO. So we went through that process and we let everybody know what we were going to do, that marketing was going to take the lead on this project in quotes, and that we were interested in people adding their voice. And that before we published it, that we would share it and say, this is what we are saying from all of us. 
we were watching the clock tick. I certainly was like, we need to say something, right? Um, and I, I just pulled it up. We published this on June 11th of 2020. So um, some weeks after a lot of other, you know, companies had come out, mostly their leaders were saying things. Mm -hmm. And the headline was this, we stand with the black community. We are committed to anti-racism and hate has no home at Sticker Giant. So that was the headline of the full statement. And it was true. It was true to everyone that worked there. Um, and each person had the opportunity to put their fingerprints on that. So that that's one example. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a really strong um, example. And, uh, you know, I really applaud that um, uh, idea of it not coming from the CEO, but coming from everybody at the company, because if, if you really have a culture, if you have a shared mindset, that should be celebrated and valued. Um, and um, that's a, a really impressive thing. And that, that really was a, a profound time um, for um, many companies to step forward and, and make a commitment. And, you know, um, I'm not sure I see the energy right now that so many came forward with. Um, I certainly hope the movement is forward, but um, gosh, yeah, that's that's a, a great example. You had mentioned a little bit about the formal program. You said you might come back to that. Um, what did that look like? Did it start small and grow or was it um, a fairly refined concept? Well, yeah, and so we knew we needed help, right? Um, mostly from a bandwidth standpoint. Um, myself and uh, our director of people and culture, Betsy Holmes, have a background in um, working with DEI uh, programs and understanding. So we felt like we had strong footing, mm -hmm. but just from an amount of time to devote to it, um, we, we knew we needed some help. You know, here's what's unfortunate. We found um, a very diverse, group a company that's local and we engaged with them and a, a really strange thing happened where they ghosted us like they quit showing up to things hmm. talk about here's a pandemic happening mm -hmm. you know we stepped forward with the organization saying we're going to do a thing and then the people we chose to do the thing aren't coming to the trainings so we had to do a really hard thing around uh separating from them Mm -hmm. um, so it's it's not a it's not a really fantastical story, but these things happen, um, and then we don't talk about them, right? It's like, oh well, you know, let's try to figure out how to talk about that program we tried to launch that went sideways because the consultants ghosted us. Right. Uh, but the truth is, that's what happened. But we had made a commitment that we would talk about it and that we would put it at the center of um, our recruiting. You know, Sticker Giant again from an external. The, our data looked from a diversity standpoint, like who worked there, like our community. Mm -hmm. And it was what I asked our HR team to do. We need to look internal at Sticker Giant, like this local community, which is Longmont, Colorado. But I didn't stop there. I said, and then some. Mm -hmm. So we had a direction around that, but being able to um, support our folks became challenging, right? Because it was, we got extremely busy. Uh, we were a benefactor of the uh, upswing in printing uh, from COVID and um, we didn't get back to it um, in a programmatic way. 
But what I know is it was still a passion and belief system of the leadership team. And I know people could feel that. Mm -hmm. You mentioned in your, your answer there recruiting, and I wanted to uh, move over to that concept. And I know Ashley and I are um, constantly talking to different business owners. And, and one of the things that almost everybody says is it's really hard to find and retain good employees. So bringing it back to our conversation for today, how do you see diversity, equity, and inclusion factoring into lessening the current labor challenges companies have? Yeah. You know, I think it's a clear uh, commitment, right, around who who you're going to seek to hire. I'll give you an example. We were recruiting for a leadership position at Sticker Giant, and we were working with a recruiting firm. It was two female-bodied people that we were working with at the recruiting firm. Mm -hmm. And one of the first things I said to them was, I need to see a very diverse candidate pool. And it was in the financial side of the business, which is male dominated, right? Typically. Yeah. yeah. We only got diverse candidates. So the first thing is don't be shy to ask for what, what you intend to get yes. and then hold people accountable, whether that's external recruiters or your internal recruiters. And then don't use the, okay, diversity, um, card, if you will, is like, okay, well, this person is more qualified um, and they're not diverse and these other people, you're going to need to be able to have the ability to hold those conversations with a lot of integrity. Um, are we going to hire the person that has uh, more of the credential right? Um, or are we going to hire a person that uh, represents our diversity commitment? And you, you, there's no simple answer right where you are in your business what's happening in your business the need of the business both on developing diversity and the skills you need to run the business mm -hmm. i think every time you make a hire you should be having that conversation which oh. is what i did every time we hired um that was in a uh, manager above supervisor above i always had the conversation who are the candidates how have we gone through the process and mm -hmm. then i would agree right to, to say yeah i think i think we're a good standing now and then hold your leaders accountable those that are hiring for their departments i had no intent at the size company we were of everyone we hire i wanted to go through that process yeah but my leadership team knew i expected that process to happen no matter who was being hired as an employer how do you reach out to your community yeah. in a way that says let's say for production employees, not so much for the leadership level, but for production employees saying, you have a place here, you have a potential career here. What, what was that language? What does that move? I think it's building relationships locally. So we built relationships with um, more on the trade side of things. Um, there's a manufacturing school in Longmont. So we became really, um, we developed a really good relationship there. Uh, Longmont was uh, in the process of building a veterans community, um, mm -hmm. and we were uh, with the Longmont Economic Development folks. We knew about that and said, we want to be able to hire folks that uh, are in this community. Uh, we worked with um, uh, people that are disabled uh, and made relationships uh, to be able to bring interns in and bring differently abled people in for appropriate work. So it's really understanding where are the resources um, and how do you get connected? 
whether you're going to hire from them or not. How is your name known? We uh, Sticker Giant sponsored uh, Out Boulder County, which is the local LGBT organization here. We sponsored um, lots of uh, food drives and mm -hmm. uh, Meals on Wheels. And so I think it's also important to make sure that your name is out there among organizations that are very representative of uh, your aim, what you're aiming for. I'm going to um, kind of expand on that. So I, I, I love that you, it sounds like you created a lot of partnerships and um, worked and fostered these great relationships with um, your community. And so, you know, expanding on what we just talked about, how does diversity work to amplify a growth mindset to help mm. companies succeed? I, I love that you're asking about growth mindset. It's um, the uh, Carol uh, DeWick wrote the book in 2006 on growth mindset, and I've been a fan ever since. There's a lot of um, myth around growth mindset. I, I probably won't go into all that, but I have so much to say about growth mindset. You know, growth mindset really points us back to this, this um, truth that to grow, it's going to be uncomfortable. Right. Okay. And the, the whole piece around whether if your company is growing, which is the intent for any company organization, whether it's small growth or massive growth, we need to grow. We need to grow our people in order to grow the organization. The leadership team needs to be able to grow at the level that the organization is growing at. So the leadership team can be what the organization needs. And when we grow, things naturally break, right? We know it from nature. We know it from our own personal relationships that growth means that we have to know that things are going to have to change. So when we talk about DEI, um, we aren't talking enough about the change leadership, the change management principles that we need to be engaging in in order to have DE&I really relevant and going through a change process through the whole organization. So growth mindset doesn't happen with just information. That's the start, right? Knowledge and a change um, theory approach. But it has to, at some point, be processed enough to be understood at a much deeper level than just your, just your head. So these concepts are there uh, that can help guide us. We just aren't connecting them enough. If you're going to do a DEI process of, of a formal program, then you need to think about it like you're making a huge change in your organization and use some change leadership, some change management theory in order to guide what you're doing. Moving on, um, how would you answer business owners and managers you're working with who say, oh, a DEI, I don't need that. Uh, we're all good here. Um, what, what might they be missing? You know, I would probably be really curious if someone was saying we're all good here to tell me what they meant by that. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. because they may truly be right. But I don't know if they're just saying that because it's uncomfortable yeah. or if it's really true. Um, I'd really want to know a lot about um, how DEI was represented in the values in the organization. So do you have a value statement? What is your purpose in the organization? Is DEI something in your purpose statement, in your vision statement, in your mission statement, all of the artifacts of your organization? Mm -hmm. If I read them, could I interpret them with a DEI lens? Or is that missing? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I think uh, people and companies can live comfortably within their own realities. Um, but when, um, 
that reality is challenged or or bent. Um, I think defensiveness comes forward. I don't think anybody wants to be the bad person, but yeah, I, 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 when you talk about discomfort, I think that's, that's a perfect way to say that. Um, do you think there is any sense, any amount of just denial kind of like, I just don't want to deal with this because I just don't. Yeah. And I appreciate someone being honest like that, actually. Like if someone is just that honest to say, I just don't want to deal with it. That, that meets me in a place that I'm like, that sounds true. Right. Mm -hmm, um, mm. And I really appreciate that. Um, the other the other thing I would say about if a person saying we're all good here, I probably would end up asking them, how uncomfortable are you as the leader of this organization around DEI? Mm -hmm. Because if you are saying you're not, then you're you don't have you don't have your hand on on the big uh, on the big like, I don't know, like indicator. If, right. if you're saying like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm not uncomfortable about talking about these things because I'm uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable right now. I'm mm -hmm. uncomfortable all the time. So really it's about learning how to be uncomfortable and staying in the conversation anyway, and, and knowing you might make a mistake and staying yeah. in the conversation anyway. Yep. I'd like to dig a little deeper. And um, what would you say to those who believe that DE&I, diversity, equity, inclusion are just part of some woke agenda? Um, I find that mindset to be short-sighted and destructive, but what would you say? Yeah, it is real, right? So um, I think when, when we talk about like woke agenda or any agenda, because that, that terminology is used on lots of different things, mm -hmm. is what we've done is we've taken uh, what I would say for me, something that's precious, wakefulness, I've been studying mindful awareness and meditation uh, many years mm -hmm. uh, and practicing uh, in the last few years a teacher. And so when people do that, they're taking something really precious and they are flipping it into something that's derogatory, right? This woke agenda. Mm -hmm. And anytime you talk about agenda, you're talking about the separation of you believe that and it's an agenda and I don't believe it. And so by nature, you are bifurcating, you're separating mm -hmm. uh, into basically two categories, those that are, as you're saying, woke and those that aren't. And I think we're all on some continuum in a process there, yes, whether right. we want to believe it or not. I, um, from a, the woke agenda, it is, it's, it's dangerous to, um, to say things like that, um, and people do it. And then it's part of how people are trying to manage their discomfort, right? Yes. And so they, I believe, I think it's a confusion, a human confusion, that by saying we don't believe in the woke agenda, that they're somehow reducing their uncomfortableness, right? Um, and they can say that's over there, and I don't believe that, and I'm over here. But well, I think you're... It, it wraps everything up into something that gets uh, contentious. And mm -hmm. I'm, as you might imagine, I'm not really a fan of um, contention around important issues. So going back to uh, the word that we were talking about earlier, um, all of this being a journey, can you talk about your own personal journey and what um, that has taught you and the, the value of embracing diversity? Yes, um, I grew up in a really conservative religious home. 
And so that was where my beginning in life started. And um, like everyone on a journey, and I'm so grateful for the journey I've been on of my own self-discovery. And my journey has been one of really finding my voice. Um, but you can't find your voice until you really start discovering who you are. Because every time you start to talk, right, you can't, you can't get it out. So one of my big pieces of my journey has been really doing a lot of my own deep work in order to be able to articulate uh, what my journey is. There's a quote from uh, C.S. Lewis. I keep it on my wall here. It takes courage to grow up and become who you really are. And that's the journey I've been on. And what I would say to listeners is the journey you're on is a, is a journey of the same thing of who you really are. And how willing are you to look and discover the truth of who you are when it comes to these important topics around DE and I. Okay. And if there's one small piece of advice you could give to small business owners who are approaching DE&I with, let's say, trepidation, um, what is one key strategy you would say, do this today? I'll share what I've done myself. Um, years, a number of years ago, I was challenged and uh, to look at my bookcase, to look at the um, movies and podcasts that I'm listening to, to look at my circle of friends and begin by making some tr different choices around the books I reach for um, and the places I go and the movies I watch and making sure that they aren't all just like me, uh, that I'm actually witnessing other lived experiences visually and through reading uh, and through in intent, a deep intent to ensure that around me are people that are different than me. Very good. Uh, Beck Seidel, thank you so much for talking to us today. It was great uh, to have this discussion. Thank you so much, Ashley, Dan, appreciate it. Within a workforce, who is hired, who advances, and who loves where they work or not, should not be based on race, ethnicity, disability, religion, sexual orientation, gender identity, or any other trait that can be used to cast someone as the other. That should have no bearing on the ability of a person to get the job, to do the job, and to be a part of the culture of the company. I want to give my sincere thanks to Beck for joining us on this episode and sharing their personal journey. I would also like to thank Dean Baker, Todd Boyd, and Daryl Johnson for sharing their perspectives on DEI in the printing industry. Finally, I want to thank all of you, our listeners. Stay tuned for the next episode of the Impressions Exchange podcast. <laughs>